so fun. Wow. How many of you think we should just do this every Sunday at 11.30? <laughs> I, I agree. Oh, I'm with you there. Thank you so much for being here on Biker Sunday. We welcome you. We're really glad that you're here. We hope you're feeling at home. And some of you who are here for the first time, we just especially want to open our arms to you and say, welcome to Timberline. It's a fun place to be. Some of you have a home church already, and uh, stay plugged in there and enjoy that. But thanks for making it over to Biker Sunday. If you don't have a home church and you're looking for one, all I can tell you is there are many great churches in northern Colorado, and our desire is that you get involved in one. And uh, if it's here, great. There's a connection card in the chair back in front of you. just says connection card at the top. If you want to fill that out, get more information sent to your home via email. Just fill it out and drop it in the offering at the end, and we'll do that with you. So thank you. We won't bug you or come over or call you or pester you in any way. I promise you that. Um, hey, just real fast, just want to um, uh, let you know a few things that are happening a little later with Biker Sunday. Actually, I'll talk about that in a minute. I want to talk about this young lady named Sarah Kelly for a minute. You know... Sarah, Sarah started coming to Timberline years ago now, and uh, it has been such a delight to watch her just blossom and who God has called her to be. And she's, uh, she's truly who she is. She's living it out. She's, uh, as she told you, she's gone through some rough times, and God has been faithful, and she's been faithful. Two-time Grammy uh, Award nominee. She has a new CD out that I'm getting, by the way, because you didn't give me one yet. I think I you can have no, one. I'm, I'm yeah. buying one. But she has a table. She'd love to say hi to you afterwards. She's going to be around a while. And uh, we're just delighted to have her. She's a worship pastor now in Woodlands, Texas. And we're just so happy that she could break away and be here with us today. So would you welcome back for a song? Seriously, I just have to take one second and thank you guys. Thank this church. Um, I went through some really tough stuff. I mean, like we all have. Injustice is in the world. That's the little kid who, who um, wakes up in Africa hungry every day, right? I mean, there's unfair things that some of us have to go through. I did too. Um, physical abuse in my home or whatever. And getting out of that, I didn't know what to think of God. I didn't know what to think of church. And I was on tour with a band called Jars of Clay, and we came through your town. And we parked um, here and we did a show here, and I'll never forget how kind everyone was to me. And someone asked me to come and visit on a different Sunday, and I did. And what I'm trying to tell you is I think that you're part of the reason I'm saved. And I mean, I, I didn't know that Christians <laughs> could be normal. <laughs> And, um, and non-judgmental and so loving as to love me through the hardest season of my life and let me not be perfect and still sing to you, you know? So anyway, I'm still not perfect, but I love Jesus with all my heart and soul. And I know that that was never something that he wanted for me, that physical abuse. I know that now. That wasn't his will. That wasn't him. I get that. That's why I can be madly, madly in love with him. <sighs> okay. I have to tell you something, too. My voice is like shot. 
You guys, that was just too much fun that I had to pull out my in-ear and just dance around, right? So that there's, this is like a speaker, right? And I, I just, it annoys me, so I just pulled it out and, you know, did my thing. But then at the end of that, you always sing too loud and you lose your voice. So if I squeak on this, I'm so sorry. It sounds really good on the album. You should try it. <laughs> this song is going to be on Grey's Anatomy this season. I hope you like it. And when you hear it there, go, yay, Sarah can buy her groceries. Swept away by a hurricane, but I landed on my feet. It happened fast, and all I know whoa, is I'm where I need to be. Yeah, I'm where I need to be. Yeah, and empty handed and free, I'm still standing. Still standing Cause you are strong when I'm weak Cause I'm still standing I'm still standing on my knees It's hard to guess where the road will lead next But I'm up for every turn I know you're near to make my way clear as I live and as I love you. As I live and as I love you.
Let's say thanks one more time to Miss Sarah Kelly. Wow. Sarah, I officially invite you back the first Sunday of June next year for Biker Sunday, okay? So we want you back here. Wow. That is so fun. You know, you think about just the celebration of music when you put God, the creator of music, in the mix of all that, and then you put the the mix of people's story and their life and how music and the song and the lyric comes out of out of experiences. It comes out of pain. It comes out of stuff that we go through. Every one of us in this room, we, we've gone through stuff. And uh, today our God loves us and He accepts us right where we are. And He's called our name individually. And I don't know about you, but that just makes me love this God so much more. Because He's able to do that and we aren't. Well, it's going to be a really fun day. Here's what we want today. We want you to just hang out. We're going to feed you. Is that a good thing? Burgers and hot dogs and stuff out there later. And um, there's a donation uh, bucket if you want to help us a little bit with that. Great. And then there's some, uh, I don't know if you saw the canopies outside. We have a whole sound system out there. We're going to have music playing. The Blue Dogs are here to be playing all morning, the afternoon. They're great. They play so much great music. You're going to love that. And uh, about the only thing we want to just say is we do have a ride coming up. That is June 26. We call it Timberline to Timberline. It's not just for people who have come to Timberline Church, but it's from Timberline Church, our parking lot. We leave about between 9.30 and 10, and uh, we ride up Trail Ridge Road to Timberline. And then to Span, and you can go to Estes or go down the other side or do whatever you want. But we ride up there together. So mark that if you want to take a ride with us, Timberline to Timberline, June 26. How many of you have done the range at Timberline called the Rat? Okay, quite a few of you. It's out here. Is that going to be open later today? Good. Go out on the far south parking lot and you'll see cones. And it's a way to practice on your motorcycle. And uh, we're all about trying to lift the skill level of people riding for safety. And so go out there and check that out. But we just want you to hang out, take a nap on the lawn after you eat something, listen to some music, and uh, we'll drag you home around 10, okay? So uh, you just hang out as long as you want. But we're really happy you're here. Here's the question. What is it that is so invigorating about riding a motorcycle? You know, when I, when I start thinking about riding a bike, I, I grew up riding motorcycles all my life since I can remember. Matter of fact, my first experience um, with building my first motorcycle that did not have an engine, they call them bicycles. <laughs> I love bicycles, but I just like a big motor in them better, right? And, uh, and I remember my first Stingray bicycle. I mean, I could barely balance on it, but I, I built this sissy bar out of this iron that we had in our garage, and I put these ape hangers on it, and, and uh, I could do a wheelie forever, and I was, I was king of the hill when it came to that stuff. How many of you know what it's like to go through two decks of cards in one day just to get the sound right in your spokes, right? Yeah. And, and you fire those babies in those spokes and clothespins everywhere. And I mean, you could just get a good sound. So I, I don't know what it is, but it's so invigorating. And there's so many things that happen when you ride. And by the way, this is kind of fun having my bike back me up. I've never had that before. So I'm glad, I'm glad that's up here. Someone said, man, that looks kind of feminine. 
I said, well, thank you. Bonnie picked it out. And uh, my favorite line is what Pastor Rob Cole said. He said, yeah, it looks like a woman, but it sounds like a man. <laughs> so, oh, all these great bikes. I hope you're able to look around. I, I was thinking about everything that goes in, and I'm not going to talk too long to you, but I, I was thinking about everything that goes into a motorcycle trip and what that looks like and what happens in the planning. Because, you know, first of all, you have to decide where you're going to go. Now, on a motorcycle, how many of you know it doesn't really matter where you're going to go because you're just riding? But if you really want to end up somewhere that you want to be, then you have to plan, like if it's a longer ride, not just a day ride. And you've got to think about where you're going, and you think about it, and you plan, and you get out a map, and you look at all the side roads, and you look at the time, and you ask questions about where it is that I want to go, and where do I want to end up. And you think about how many miles in one day you want to go. And I've, I've been, I'm getting ready to take a little trip, and so I've been asking people, because I've never done a long ride, more than three or four days, and how many of you... Just, I'm just curious, because there's a bunch of bikers here. How many of you think between 250 and 350 is a good amount of miles in a day? Okay, okay. That's kind of on the Internet. That seems to be the average. How, how many of you have ridden over 500 miles in one day, like a 24-hour Oh, my goodness. Okay. How many of you have ridden over 700 miles in one day? Oh, my goodness. How many, how many of you have ridden a thousand miles in one day. Now be honest. God is watching. A thousand miles in one day. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eleven hundred. Now I have to know. Twelve hundred. Twelve hundred miles? Can we bring it? Fifteen hundred? Fifteen twenty-nine in one day? Bring in the straitjacket. We need to hospitalize these people. I can't even comprehend that. But, but you, you, you think about how many miles should I, should I be going? When is it safe? And uh, one of you napped while one of you rode? Is that, okay, never mind. I don't even want to know how that happened. But, but you think about that. And then you think about how many of you know this is really important? Who am I going to ride with? You know, have you ever ridden with someone that you thought, not doing this again? <laughs> I haven't because I love you all. And I like riding with all of you. But there is something, you've got to think about riding skills. You've got to think about people who are fun to be around. Because you're going to relax. You're going to have fun. You're going to, you need to like to hang out with these people that you're going to take your ride with. And then you go through the whole bike check. You know, the tire pressure, the fluids on the bike, the, the, the stuff that matters, the mechanical stuff. Is this bike going to get me from, from here to there and then back again? That's important. To, will it get me home? You think about all this. You have to decide what to take. And I have learned golf clubs are not a good choice. I was actually on a trip, and I was coming down from Steamboat, and I saw a guy with his whole bag of golf clubs. He had built a rack where one of the bags were on the back of his bike, and his golf clubs were standing upright, and he was just smiling as happy as he could be. He had it all on that bike, including golf clubs. You have to decide to travel light. I don't even want to know how many days some of you have not changed your underwear on a long ride. I don't even want to know. We're not going to have a contest to figure that out. You're forced to think about things. You really have to deal with the elements. Now, that's something on a bike that I want to just take just a moment and talk about. Because, you know, when you deal with the elements on a motorcycle, depending on your bike, some of you have like, you know, 
full roll cage in there, and it's just wonderful. But, but if you don't have a windshield especially, rain can hurt. How many of you know what I'm talking about? I remember one year, my good friend Brian, I don't know if Brian's here, we were going to Sturges about every year. We were coming back from Sturges, and if you've ever been up there, that's South Dakota, up into Wyoming, you, you, can, you can notice that there's a huge black cloud. And, and, and you're riding right into it. And you just hope you turn before you get to it. You know it is just coming down. And we saw this black cloud, and, and I was, like, worried. And uh, uh, no windshield on our bikes, and we're, we're coming down the highway. And uh, all of a sudden, you could see up ahead where the rain was hitting the road. How many of you know what I'm talking about? It was wet there. It wasn't where we were yet, but you could literally see it. And the closer we got, and then all of a sudden, you feel a drop. And I mean, like, the big drops. And then I noticed it was hail. And those are like bullets. And so I got my head down. I'm pulling my handkerchief up. And uh, I'm hunkering down. I'm slowing down. We're both slowing down. We go down to about 35 miles an hour. And we come into this. This hail's coming down. And it's just awful. And the road is crazy. And I look in my mirror. And I see this headlight. And I see it getting bigger fast. And this guy, man, I was watching my mirror, and he's got these big old ape hangers up to here. His legs are out like this. He's no helmet, no nothing, and he's just got his teeth gritted. And he's just coming up, coming up, and he goes blowing by us about 90 mile an hour, just going, His face had to be bleeding. I said to myself, he is not a good planner. I bet he never was a Boy Scout. Wow. He didn't plan, but he made it, I hope. I'm not sure he did, actually. You think of the heat, the cold, the snow, the rain, the wind, the gravel, the sand, the challenges. We all face them. And I think of Jesus, my ultimate hero. I think of who he is. And I think of the trip he planned, and it blows my mind. It actually blows my mind. If, if I could say the ultimate biker in the best sense of that word as a compliment, that's my Lord and Savior. He came a lot of miles in one day. He left heaven. Now just think about this. He was fully God. Fully God. But man needed a Redeemer. We needed forgiveness for our sins. And as part of the Godhead, Jesus was willing to leave heaven and put on human skin. And that's a, that's a big thing. I mean, that's, that's, how many of you say that would be a step down? To be God and then to be human. I mean, that's like looking at 500 miles on interstate and being on a 49cc scooter. <laughs> right? It's just, it's not a good feeling. And the limitations, the limitations, and suddenly he's a little baby. He came to earth and he's a baby and he's trying to figure out how to move from being God. You guys, he took a long trip and he faced the elements. He suffered like we do. He was tempted. He was tested. He was tried. It rained on him. He was hungry. He was thirsty. He was tired. He needed sleep. He endured conflict. He was rejected. I think of the anguish he was in in the garden. And he said to his disciples, could you guys pray with me? And they fall asleep and he wakes them up and says, I need you. We are not alone in our sufferings. We have one who understands our 
challenges. He invited 12 guys called the disciples to take the ride with him. And they did. And it was, a, it was quite a crew, if you really think about it. Matter of fact, you think of guys like Peter in Gethsemane. When they came to get Jesus to take him to crucify him, Peter literally opens his leather biker jacket, pulls out his dagger. I mean, he does. He pulls his dagger out and starts swinging and cuts this guy's ear off named Malchus. And Jesus is like, whoa, whoa, let's put the firearms down, okay? They hung out together and there was love and there was loyalty. And Jesus made a huge commitment and he made a decision. He made a decision to lay his life down. They couldn't kill him. Well, they thought they did. But the truth is, he knew why he came. He had planned the trip. And he had you in mind. (laughs) And he had me in mind. And he came to make a difference so that we could have the freedom that we feel when we're going down the road on a motorcycle. Only on the inside. When my sins have been forgiven by the creator of the universe, that's the ultimate in freedom. There is no greater freedom than that. And to know that and to have that and to feel that is powerful. Will we go through the elements alone or will we let Him come with us? I want to just read from Ephesians chapter 6. Listen to this. A final word, Paul says to the church in Ephesus. Be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Now, please hear this, you guys. We are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. That means it's not a human realm. We think it is sometimes, but it's deeper than that. But against evil rulers and authorities in an unseen world. This world we live in is spiritual. There are foes. There are enemies out there who want to take us out. That's what temptation is. Against mighty powers of this dark world and against evil spirits in heavenly places. I'd like to tell you today that there is a battle going on for your soul. And I'm not trying to over-spiritualize it. I just think it's important for us to cognitively understand this is a real thing. And there is a battle for us. And the reason there's a battle for our soul, it's two things. You are loved and you are hated. And those two clash. And your God created you to love you and the enemy of your world hates you and wants to destroy you like he has been destroyed. Therefore, we live in this conflict. We live in this tension. We live needing the power of God. When you fire up a big bike and you hear that motor go, and I mean, there's something, there's a trike out here that has like a 502 V8 in it. Did you guys see that? Who is that? Where are you? Good grief, dude. What are you thinking? I want to hear that thing later. I mean, that is some power. And people work and tweak those motors just to get a little more worse, just to get just to have that power. And yet, we can surrender our lives to God. And plug in to the power that created the universe. That's power. That's power. That's big power. 
That's why it says, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you'll be able to resist the enemy in time of evil. That after the battle, you will be standing firm. I want to leave you with an image today as I wrap this up and we go and enjoy the rest of our day. An image of what strong men and strong women do. Some of you may have seen the Strongest Man's World's Strongest Man contest. You've been to... Um, we have a nephew who's an amazing bodybuilder. He is ripped. He has muscles where I don't even have skin. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. It's just, I don't know how that is. And we see all this stuff, and it's impressive. But the bottom line is, our power comes through surrender. That's where it comes from. It doesn't come from grabbing or holding on to. I've started a little ritual that I started a few months back, and I can't say that I remember every day to do it, but pretty much. And when I have my little devotional time in the morning, I'll just open my palms like this, and I say, God, thank you for what is in my hand. The responsibility side, whatever you give me, I'm going to steward it the best I can, but I will never grab onto it. It isn't mine to own. It is mine to be responsible for and to steward. Family, loved ones, job, work, money, whatever it is that you put in my hand, it's really yours. It isn't mine. I'll steward it. And then I look at my other hand and I say, Lord, whatever you want to take away from me, whatever is already yours that you're not asking me to steward anymore, I willfully keep my palm open and you take what you want because I don't own it and I can't keep it. And if we can live in the moments of surrender in our lives where we say, God, my strength and my power comes from the mighty voice of God in my spirit man that can lead me and guide me. And that's what I want from God. I grew up in Grand Junction, Colorado. I love that place over there. It's a wonderful place. I grew up in a church that was a great church. My parents were followers of Christ great people. And I remember one Sunday night, it was a normal Sunday night. We had Sunday night church every week back in those days. And, and it was kind of a fun night. And uh, people let down a little bit more and we sang a little bit longer and we weren't as rigid on the clock. And I'll never forget being about eight years old, standing in the lobby of that church as just a little boy who was mesmerized by motorcycles and all that. And a guy named Mike and a lady named Sally come riding in on their chopper. They pulled right under the awning of the church, and it was loud, and it had the big pipes out the back, and they had on their black leather gear. This is back in, in the 60s, and I've ne I'd never seen anything like this in the church. You guys, what we're doing today really would freak some people out. If they were... <laughs> yeah. I love some of you have the patch on your vest that says, these are my church clothes. <laughs> Digger has that. I like that. I like that. Um, anyway, I remember just standing in the lobby scared to death because I didn't know if this was like a hell's angel or a, a gang. Or, and he was six, I think he was six, eight or six, nine. He was a giant of a man. Seriously, because we got to know him. I'll tell you the story. But, and Sally was like over six feet. So there's like these two giants stepping off of this bike. And uh, they walked in looking for someone who had invited him to church. 
They were new to the area. They had just rolled in from a trip, road dirt. And uh, I remember seeing some of our ushers welcome them and take them down. And they found their friend named Rick who was hoping they could make it. And they sat down on about the second row and went through the service. And you guys, what I saw happen that night impacted me for the rest of my life. I saw a big giant of a man learn that God's power is greater than his was. I watched as Mike began to cry. He began to open his hands in a moment of surrender to this God who was tugging on his heart. I don't understand how that works. I don't know how tough guys can all of a sudden become melty chocolate on the inside. I don't understand how someone can ride for some of you like thousands, hundreds of miles in a short span, and and yet your heart can be touched by the Spirit of the living God. And he opened Mike up, and Sally as well, and they started to cry. He stood up and he went to the front. My dad happened to be the pastor. My dad walked over to him, put his arm around him, and welcomed him. Mike said, I've got to go get something. And he walked back outside to his motorcycle. And all of us kids, I still remember, were like, oh no, he's going to shoot us all. He reaches down in one of his saddlebags and he pulls out this big bag of pot. Marijuana. And this is again, 60s. He walks in with it. He brings it up to the altar. And he sets it down. And he says, I came to this city to become the new dealer because this town doesn't have a good dealer and I can make a lot of money. And I don't know what's happened to me today, but I know I can't do this anymore. They laid that down and I watched as some of our ushers and deacons walked with Mike and my dad back to the men's restroom. And again, as kids are like... door shuts and we hear the toilets start flushing. Don't drink the water in that church if you don't want to be happy. I'll tell you right now. When they came out, Mike went back and set, met Sally at the altar. And they became a big part of our church. We began to see life change. That's when as a kid I knew greater is He that's in me than he that's in the world. There's power in the world, but there is greater power still in the voice of God. Amen. Let's give him praise. Let's pray together. Would you join me? Lord, thank you. We love you so much, and we are we're so fun. It's so fun to be able to say that we're your kids. We love being your sons and daughters. We do. We celebrate that today. We celebrate it with wonderful motorcycles and the freedom we enjoy when we ride. But more than that, we celebrate it through the relationships that we share here today. Through the faith that we share here today. We celebrate it with a God who took a long trip. Who came from heaven all the way to this earth. So that you could build in us a kingdom. A kingdom. That would not be man-made on this earth, but it would be eternal. It would value the right things. That our endeavors would be strong and based on truth. God, thank you. I want to just give you a moment with heads bowed. 
I want to pray with some of you today. Whatever brought you here today, if it's just the fun of Bikers Sunday, that's great. But there is a real God who wants to talk to you in a pretty earnest way right now as well. I'm asking you to open your spirit up to Him. Maybe you've come at the invitation of a friend and you don't even know why you're here. Maybe you've never walked into this room. All this is is a place where we want you to feel the love of God. We want nothing from you. But God wants everything from you because He created you for more. And He loves you. He wants you to reach your greatest potential. And that can only be attained through Him. And that takes surrender. And that means I open my hands and say, God, I'm not the owner of anything. I can't make it happen and I can't forgive my own sin. But I can trust the God who made me to cleanse me and forgive me. And I'm going to lead us in a prayer. I'm going to invite any of you who want to to say this prayer with me. It's not a magical potion prayer. Don't view it that way. It's actually just a start. It's just a beginning of a new journey. And what this means is that you're taking a step of faith today. It's one little step when you cross over and you say, I can't do it by myself. God says, I know. Why don't you come to me and let's do this together. So I'm going to lead us in a prayer that basically is a prayer of faith saying, I trust you with my life. Forgive me of my sins. And you can put your own words and use your own language in there. But I'd just like to invite you, those of you who want to pray that with me, would you just lift up a hand right now to God, not to me. Just hold it up right now. You can put them right back down. God bless you. Thank you. I think it's a great moment for you just to own that moment to say, I'm in. You can put them back down. God bless. Anyone else want to join these and then I'm going to lead us. Then we're going to pray for one other thing. Okay. Just pray something like this. God, you know exactly who I am and where I am in this moment. And you're knocking on my heart. And you're drawing me to you. And I say thank you for loving me first. And I need that love. I surrender my life in this moment to you. I take that first step by asking you to forgive me of my own sin. I confess that sin to you. I acknowledge it. And I thank you for dying on that cross and coming back alive on that third day. As crazy as that sounds, God, I believe it to be true. And I give you my future. Let this day change my life forever. I want to walk with you. I need you, God. And I thank you for forgiveness. Lord, I accept your forgiveness by faith. Not because I deserve it, but because you are worthy of it. And I trust you and what you did for me. Show me what's next. Show me how to journey with you. I trust you with my future. Help me to forgive myself now. To move on to the next stage of my life. And the things you're going to call me to. I love you, God. And I thank you for this day. Secondly, I just want to pray for those of you that might just be going through some tough stuff right now. It's a tough from an economic viewpoint to relationships, and, and it's, a, it's a tough world. And I just feel like it, in, in a moment, we call this our living room, uh, and we kind of like talk about life in here and pray for each other. And We're pretty real and authentic here. And, and so if you just like to lift a hand and say, I'm going through some stuff, I just need to hand over to God. I love God, but I just need to hand it over and pray for me before we go out of here. Would you hold your hand up if that's you? Lord, you see our brothers and sisters in this family here in this living room. And we just we just need you. We need you to just be so real and powerful like, like only you can do. We can't do it. We can't make anything happen. So as helpless as we feel, knowing that you're with us and you're walking with us, it empowers us. 
to have faith that goes beyond what we can see or know. But we can believe it because that's what faith is. So we offer our lives in the middle of this dilemma, in the middle of this challenge. We lay our hands out and our heart out and our mind out before you and say, fill us with your grace and mercy. Show us the way we will follow. We love you. We thank you. And we give you the praise. And everyone said amen. Amen. Give God praise one more time. Would you do that? Amen. Mighty God. Mighty God. Wonderful. Hey, we're going to.